Welcome to Epiphany Brooklyn's podcast. I am Brandon Watts, lead pastor here at Epiph. Thanks so much for tuning in. Our desire is to join Jesus in his mission to redeem our city. May God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Grace and peace. Yo, yo. Well, good morning, Epiphany Church. Uh, it is so good to be gathered with God's people. Um, man, the Lord has granted us another day as the worship team was singing that last song, uh, about great is the faithfulness of the Lord. I was thinking about Lamentations 2, uh, Lamentations 3.23 that says, Great is your faithfulness. And one of the things about the faithfulness of our God is he remains faithful to us even when we are unfaithful to him. I know y'all are logged on right now and y'all feel like y'all always cross every T and dot every I. But those moments when you don't, God remains faithful to you. Uh, and that's a that's a big deal, and that's why we gather virtually. That's why we we don't skip a Sunday. That that's why we gather here with the tech team and the worship team and those doing announcements and and welcome uh, because we want to honor Jesus for how He faithfully keeps us and how He faithfully sustains us. I want to cut out the small talk today. Won't you grab your Bibles and get to Psalm 147? Psalm 147 is where we're going to hang out, man. It's been a, a another emotional. A roller coaster this week. You can keep playing. It's been, been another emotional roller coaster this week as we grapple with the, I don't know, the, the racial tension uh, that continues to plague this country. Most of us breathed a little bit of a sigh of relief uh, when we finally got to see accountability for the murder of uh, George Floyd, only to turn around to be met with another killing in Ohio with Micaiah Bryant and course we don't have all the facts and the, the story is still unfolding the investigation is still uh, happening but I, I think the overall feeling that many of us feel is just exhausted exhausted that we, we are not able to survive simple encounters with the police and after a while that tends to play on you it's hard to even watch the news for it continues to replay the trauma over and over and over and over again and i don't know about y'all man but i'm praying to see change i'm praying to see the george floyd act pass not trying to make this a political sermon but i'm praying to see that 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 george floyd act pass i want to see chokeholds banned do you know that they're still legal I'm praying to see those banned i'm praying to see change happening on the local the national and the federal level I'm praying to see more accountability happen Praying, praying to see uh, more conversations happening about what it actually means to defund the police, not even in a negative way. Just let's talk about the possibilities of reimagining policing in this country. I am praying to see those things happen. And for those of you who are saying, you know what, you're going too far with this. Pastor B, just preach. Just, just open up the word. You got to remember that the gospel is our guide. And in the gospel, an innocent man was condemned to death. And the trials that, that they had for him were unjust trials. They, they weren't even supposed to have them at night. And th this is the very gospel that we hold to. And so the gospel is our guide. The, the gospel to justice is our guide. So for those of you who are saying you guys are going too far, the reality is the gospel pushes us further. It pushes us further to make sure that we see what real equality looks like. All right, Psalm 147 where we're going to hang out. I got one verse. I actually was preaching Psalm 18. I actually was pretty confident up until Thursday and, and Thursday afternoon, which is not normal for me. Thursday afternoon, I'm usually just kind of re-looking over what uh, I, I feel like I prepared. And Psalm 18 is somewhere I prepared, but then I kept 
reading in devotional time, Psalm 147, and there was one verse that kept uh, sticking out to me and ringing over and over again. That's verse three. So I'm just going to read one verse. I'll read two verses. I'll preach from one verse. And then uh, I know I normally say, I'm going to let you go. We won't be long, but today we will not be long because we have one verse. That's a lie. I've preached for an hour on one verse before. All right. Verse three. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Just for context purposes, I want to read verse four as well. He determines the number of the stars and he gives to all of them their names. Lifting back up verse three, he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. I want to preach today from the topic entitled a hospital for the broken hospital for the broken. Let's, uh, let's look to the Lord before we dig in. Uh, Father, would you open our eyes that we may behold the wondrous things out of your law? Your word is filled with truth. Your, your word is filled with, with, with power and your word has the ability to transform our lives. And, and today as we talk about brokenness and talk about broken hearts and broken emotions and um, mental issues and emotional issues. Father, I pray that this verse would bring a sense of comfort, that this verse would bring a sense of peace. It's in Christ's name I give all glory. Amen. Y'all can talk back a little bit in here. It's, it's a little quiet. And I, if, if you're at home, you can, you can make some noise in your house. If, if everybody's asleep, it's okay. We're all in church. So I think they'll, uh, they'll be all right. A hospital for the broken. This right here is, um, I don't know if you guys know what this is, but, but this is considered a kintsugi mug. It's a Japanese kintsugi mug, and uh, it, it's really, it's artful. Kintsugi is, is, is artful pottery, but it's very intentional with how they do this pottery. They usually take uh, a clay mug or they take a clay bowl and they break it, and, and intentionally break it. And after they break it, they simply mend it back together with gold. Inside of the cracks of the break, they, they infuse gold into it so that it comes back together. And the reason they do that is because they want to expose the beauty of the brokenness. And let me say that again. They want to expose the beauty in the brokenness. And this Kintsugi mug is actually more valuable after it has been broken than it was before it was broken. We live in a culture that Honestly, man, they, we want to run from brokenness. We, we live in a culture that, that we don't like the feeling of brokenness. If, if we're brokenhearted in any way, we want to get as far away from that as we can. But the reality is we serve a God that delights in our brokenness, a God that delights in getting in the crevices and delights in getting in the cracks of our lives. And unlike this Kintsugi mug, God does not mend us back together with gold, even though that's beautiful. He mends us back together with his blood. Let me slip Bible here really early. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 5 says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. With his wounds, our wounds are healed. Our brokenness is beautiful once the blood of Christ has been smeared on it. Our brokenness is valuable once Christ has smeared his blood on it. And one of the things I think that this pandemic has exposed and, and, and further produced is a ton of broken hearts. 
51,000 people have died from this virus. Over 2 million people in, the, in this country have been infected by this virus. Tons of lost jobs, businesses that just started up had to close. Entrepreneurs don't know where their next paycheck is coming from. Friends have had to relocate. We are met often with heartache and brokenness over the last year. In fact, this Saturday is the funeral of one of our beloved Jeremiah trustee. Brokenness, broken hearts, bruised emotions have just been a part of the last several weeks. And if I asked you to put in the chat room some things that you were brokenhearted over, I bet you the chat room would be full. We went around this room and I asked you guys to just tell me a little bit about the areas that you feel broken in over the last few years. Many of you would tell me about a bunch of areas. There seems to be a high level of broken hearts. And the reality is if you had a broken leg, you'd go to the doctor. If you had a cavity, you would go to the dentist. If you had emotional issues, you would go to a therapist. If you had eye issues, you would go to an ophthalmologist. And the reason you would do that is because that's the right thing to do. But the question I have for us is, where do we go when we got broken hearts? Where do we go when our emotions are bruised? And where do we go when we are in a season of bereavement and a season of mourning and we feel like we can't get out of the bed? Where do we go in this one small verse? Verse three, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. It tells us where we can go. This one verse shows us that there is a hospital for the brokenhearted. There's a couple words that we ran past, and honestly, man, when you read verses like this, you kind of just, they, they feel like snippets, right? Like Proverbs, like you just get a quick thought and you keep moving on. But if you spend time in a verse like this and start to ask questions, the question I had in verse 3 was, when it says he heals the brokenhearted, is who is the brokenhearted? Yeah. Then, then he goes on and says he binds up, look at this word, their wounds. Who is the there that the psalmist is talking about? After I gave it some thought this week, I realized that the brokenhearted... And the patients that are in this hospital is all of us. Everybody that's piped on right now, you are one of the brokenhearted. Everybody that's on right now, everybody that's in this room right now, you have been wounded. Every one of us are patients in this hospital because you cannot escape the trauma of life. And many of you have been brokenhearted since you were a child. You've never got over the trauma of that broken heart when you were a child, whether it was the abandonment of a father, or maybe it was the dysfunctional relationship you had with your mother, or maybe it was the relationship, the broken relationship of your siblings or the betrayal of a best friend. And as a consequence, from a very early age, we've learned uh, the, to put up the defense mechanism of building walls to guard our hearts. And so we don't let people in. We refuse to have intimate relationships for fear that people will hurt us. And we, we keep all of our relationships short. So the moment you do me wrong, I now subscribe to cancel culture and I cancel you out because I don't give you the opportunity to hurt me. Because when you hurt me, it triggers back to that childhood. And the reality is we can't figure out why we are so guarded. You're not just guarded to be guarded. You are guarded because you got a broken heart. You, you, you've been hurting from something. So some trauma has has, has plagued your life over the years and. The reality is many of us still got these broken issues. Many of us, we don't even know. We, we, we can't even pinpoint the issues and many of us need therapy. 
Yeah, yeah, you need therapy, but you know what you also need? You need the, the, the balm that is in verse 3. He heals the brokenhearted, and he binds up their wounds. I've heard many people say, man, you know, she died of a broken heart, and I get that. But the reality is many of you piped on right now are living with a broken heart. You are, go, you are going to work with a broken heart. You are getting in relationships with a broken heart. You are getting married with a broken heart and marrying somebody with a broken heart and you've never dealt with your issues and you're wondering why you can't get it together is because you are suffering from a broken heart and you've never went to the hospital. You, you, you've never saw a doctor for your broken heart because many of us don't know where to go. And so the text is, d- 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 does something interesting. It doesn't describe how the broken heart happened. The, d- the text does not describe how the wound happened. It just tells us what the physician is able to do, but it doesn't tell us how the trauma actually happened. And I'm actually glad that it doesn't. Because the reason I'm glad that it doesn't tell us how the wound happened is because it makes it more applicable for all of us to inject our issue into the text. We, we can now all look at the text and say, you know what? I can just say I got a broken heart. I ain't got to say what it is. And I know that the physician will be able to take care of my heart. Hearts are broken in 10,000s of ways because we live in a society and in a heartbreaking type of world. We, we live in a world in, that we interact with people that are broken. We, we, we live in a world where we are touched with infirm, infirmities. We, we live in a world that death has a way to creeping into our life and infidelity has a way of creeping into our marriages. That is the type of world that we live in. No one can, can, can get away from a broken heart. It's unavoidable. It's inescapable. I dare you to just think back to the last time your heart was broken. Some of us ain't got to think that long. I dare you to think back to the last time you were hurt by something. and You were wounded and you were bruised. Many of you are logged on right now. You, you, you would say stuff like, you know, I, I don't even want to live anymore. I've heard people say, I don't even know why I was born. I've heard that within the last few months. Well, why did God allow me into the earth? Like I, I have nothing to contribute. Not so you just need to go to the hospital. You, you just need to see the physician called Jesus. I know people with broken hearts that run to drugs and run to alcohol and run to sex and run to reckless living all because they don't know how to deal with the pressures of life. And one thing about this hospital is every room in it is filled. Every bed has a patient in it. The hallway is full. I went to the emergency room here in Brooklyn. That's, that's typically not a good thing. I, in, in the emergency rooms in most of the hospitals in Brooklyn, it's just not a, I don't know, it's not conducive for sanctification. It's just, you know, when I went to the, the emergency room, they literally had, it was so overflowed that they had beds in the hallway. And they had people in the hallway and IVs were hooked up to people while they were still in the hallway. And that's what the hospital, this divine hospital looks like. There are people outside waiting to get in. But the beauty of this hospital is nobody can get turned away. That this hospital doesn't just take Obamacare. That this hospital will take you if you have no insurance. That this hospital is available for all of us because Jesus says stuff in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Like, come to me, who, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
Jesus promises that if you come to him with your broken heart and you are heavy laden, he is the one. And I will subscribe that he's the only one that will give you rest. Jesus isn't the, one of the options that will give you rest. He's the only option that will give you the rest that you need. And I don't know how people can deal with heartbreak and how do people can deal with the pressures of life without going to the heart fixer. I, I really don't. I'm not even trying to, this is not hyperbole. I'm not trying to be funny. I do not know how people can deal with the pressures of life without going to somebody that is able to mend our broken hearts and whatever it is that contributed to the heaviness of your heart. Jesus is the real MVP at fixing your heart. Jesus is the only one that can do it. So the Bible says he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. We answered the question of who is the brokenhearted. And when it says their wounds, who is the there? We, we answer the question that that is all of us. That is every one of us. But what we didn't answer is who is the actual physician? The text says he heals our broken hearts and he binds up our wounds. The question is, who is the doctor that is coming in the room to see you? Let me subscribe to you that all of us are the patients, but the doctor is always Jesus. Yeah. He, he, he's always the one that's going to come in the room. In fact, you know, there's similar language. The, the New Testament is, acts as a very good commentary for the Old Testament. You want to understand the Old Testament, you got to look at the New Testament, look through the lens of the New Testament. So when it says that he binds up their wounds and he heals the brokenhearted, you got to look back at Jesus' first sermon in Luke chapter 4. The, the Bible says he's going into Nazareth, and as he gets into Nazareth, he goes to the synagogue. And when he gets to the synagogue, they hand him a scroll to read Isaiah 53. He opens up the scroll and begins to read it. And this is what he says, the first sermon he ever preached. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Watch this. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive and recover sight to the blind, to set liberty those who are oppressed. Let me lift up that middle verse again. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. What's so dope about Luke 4 is after Jesus said this, he rolls back up the scroll, hands it to the attendant and sits down. That's the ultimate mic drop. He just hands it back, sits on down because really what he's saying is he's saying God, his father sent him to heal up their wounds. So if Jesus does not heal our brokenhearted, he is not fulfilling the mission that his father sent him to do. His father sent him as the great physician. His father sent him as the one that can heal your issue. So if he leaves us all and he does not mend our broken hearts, he has failed us because the cross is the exclamation point, but the content, the sentence is healing of broken hearts. That, that might not have made sense to you. The cross is the exclamation point of his mission. But the mission was to heal broken hearts. And what's so dope about Jesus healing our broken heart is he doesn't have to use medicine to heal your heart. This is not take two pills and call the doctor in the morning. He heals our broken hearts by one act called the cross. It is on the cross that we get to see the medicine that we need. And that is the blood of Jesus. The, with his stripes, we are healed. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. He delights in healing you today. He wants you to run to him today. That stuff that nobody else wants to hear. That stuff that your friend is tired of you calling him about. Jesus is like, I want to hear it. 
because I am the great physician. Ooh, do me a favor. Go to Luke chapter 10 real quick. Everybody in here, grab your phones, grab your Bibles. If you got Bibles, go to Luke 10 real quick. We were in Luke 4 just a second ago. Because I really want to make the point here that Jesus is the physician. Because oftentimes when we read scripture, we always put ourselves in the place of the hero. But we're not the hero. We're always the damsel in distress. Look at Luke chapter 10. There's a story here that Jesus is, is telling that the and, 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 and he's, he's telling this parable, this story, and when he tells it, it's really important to know where you are in the story. Look at what he says. Luke chapter 10. Y'all there? Yeah. I can't hear y'all. Y'all there? Yeah. All right. Look at verse number 30. It says, Jesus replied, a man was going from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell amongst robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed him, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a priest was going down. It's a religious person going down the road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. Watch verse 33. But a Samaritan. It says, as he journeyed, came to where he was, the man that was in the ditch. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. Watch the same language. He went to him. And bound up his wounds, pouring oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, take care of him. And whatever more you spend, I will repay him back when I come back. In other words, whatever debt he accrues, I will take care of the debt. Oftentimes we read this parable of the Good Samaritan and we try to put ourselves in the place of the Good Samaritan. I've heard sermon after sermon after sermon where it was like, don't be the Levite, don't be the priest, you be the good Samaritan. But in the reality, you're not the Samaritan in the text. In the reality, we are the man in the ditch that needs our wounds bound up. And Jesus is always the good Samaritan that walks by when others don't want to help you, when others don't want to bind up your womb. Jesus comes by, binds up your womb. This is Psalm 147, binds them up, takes you to an end. It says, whatever he debt he accrues, put it on your boy. I'll take all of their debt upon me. Jesus is the one that binds up our wounds. He is the goat. There is not a heart too heavy that he can't fix. There's never been a case that has come to him that he's not able to bind up. There is not a wound so deep that he is not able to fix it. He is the goat at fixing your issues. He is the MVP at fixing your issues. And the reality is many of you are going through life and you're trying to fix it yourself going through life and you're, you're trying to bind up your own wounds and really what you're getting is an affection you're getting sicker your heart's getting worse your emotional turmoil is getting worse your anxiety is getting worse your depression is getting worse and it's only getting worse because you're trying to fix what christ already died for you're trying to you're trying to do you're trying to white knuckle it as best as you can. And Jesus is like, bring that thing to me. Why are you working for what I died for? Worse, we're hiding our issues. We're covering up our wounds. Baby, take that makeup off. That Band-Aid ain't going to help you. That Band-Aid that you're putting over your heart. Go ahead and take that off. Stop trying to do it yourself when Jesus is like, bring it to me because I can do 
He did on the cross what you could never do. And that satisfy the wrath of God. That's bring healing to your heart. So Christ is the doctor in the text and he is willing to patch you up. And what's so dope about verse three is verse three is further backed up by verse four. See, the reason I read verse four, verse four says he determines the number of the stars. I love this. And he gives them all their names. See, when you read that, you think that it's not in context, but the reality is verse four is trying to show you how massive he is. Have you ever just looked up at the stars? On a clear night, now in New York, we got a lot of smog, but on a clear night, where, 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 where there's no clouds and you can actually see the stars. Just go outside and look up. The stars that you can't even touch, Jesus numbered them and he knows them by name. Like that's how massive God is. But here's what's dope about it. Verse four is backing up verse three. The fact that this massive God delights in getting down into my emotional issues is crazy to me. The fact that this massive God that is naming all of the stars and the fact that this God that that knows the number of hairs on your head wants to get wants to involuntarily bind himself to my emotions rocks your boy every time. The fact that he wants to get into my issues is crazy to me. But can I suggest to you that the greatest broken heart in verse three is not a physical broken heart. See, the whole sermon, you've been going, ah, I know my issues and I got call me. Some of y'all text your therapists. I got I got to get my therapy going back on. But can I promise you that the greatest issue in the text is not your physical broken heart? That the greatest issue in the text is a spiritual broken heart called a spiritually dead heart and but here's what is so dope about this physician even that he's able to fix even that he has the power to fix because what he does is he pulls out a spiritual defibrillator to your dead heart and he says clear holy spirit back up i got this god the father i got this and he's able to bring to life a heart that has no life heart that's not beating jesus is able to bring it to life. Let me give Bible here because y'all looking at me funny. Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 26. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. I will remove the heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh. That's what you need. Some of you are on right now and you, you, you don't know the Lord. Like I'm Listen, I'm just not, I'm about to be 41. I've been passionate for a little bit right now. You know, in the beginning, I would be naive going, everybody believe in Jesus. Nah, some of you don't. And I'm actually, I'm glad you are on today. I'm glad you are piped in today. Maybe it's the lighting you like, the cameras, the worship team is dope. So you, you know, you, you feel in the worship. So you just log on every week and this is more entertainment, but you don't know that God is actually wooing you into his presence. He's, what he's trying to do is get you in the OR because he wants to remove the heart of stone, that heart that's cold, that heart, that heart that's not able to be penetrated. He wants to remove that and he wants to give you a brand new heart. This is the, the doctrinal term for a new heart is regeneration. Somebody say regeneration. regeneration. Somebody type in regeneration and make sure you spell it right. He wants to give you a new heart. If he gives you a new heart, I now have the ability to, to, to spiritually grow. If he gives you a new heart, I now have the ability to, to, to have access to the, a holy God. My sinful self has access to a holy God because I got a new heart. I actually have the ability to love you better. Listen, you want me to have a new heart. You, you, you want me to go through this surgery because if I can get at the end of this surgery... 
and I'm in the hands of a good physician like Jesus, I have the ability to love you better. I now have the ability to really cope with my childhood issues. I have the ability to cope with the dysfunctional relationship after relationship. You know, some of us are, every one of our relationships is dysfunctional. We don't know why. Can I suggest to you that you're the problem? You, you are the common denominator. You are avoiding you. But in reality is God can change your heart in such a way that you, people will look around and be like, I don't know how she got nice. Like, yo, he, he just used to be, like, he always used to cuss everybody out, but something in him changes regeneration. It, it, it's taking out of the old heart and putting in the new heart. You know what I forgot to tell you about the Kintsugi mug? What I forgot to tell you is, after they break the mug, and they, they, they bind it back together with gold, it's not only more valuable, but it's actually stronger. And you can drop it the same way and it possibly will not break the same way. Why? Because the gold makes the entire mug stronger. And some of you, you, you complained about that brokenness and you thought that brokenness was going to take you out. But baby, that, that brokenness only is making you stronger. It is making you more durable. It is making you more long lasting. And what hurt you before may not hurt you again. That, that relationship that hurt you before, you'll be able to spot it a mile away. You're like, uh-uh, I'm not, I'm not fooling up with him because I tried that and he got the same, he got the same issues. You, you'll be able to spot it a mile away because when you are mended back together like a kintsugi mug, a spiritual kintsugi mug, you are certainly stronger than before. Who is it that needs a doctor today? I'm leaving that, that silence there for a second because I'm, I'm, I'm really, I want you to contemplate this. Who is it that needs a spiritual doctor today? The Bible just said that he heals your broken heart. He binds up your wounds. Who's wounded? Who's broken? Who, who's willing to take off the church face? Who, who's willing to stop over-spiritualizing your trauma? Who, who is that person? Who, who's that person that, 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 that's, that's not just going to run to the community and say, you know what? I logged on today, so I'm good. Now, nah, in reality, you still got a broken heart. Yeah. Who is that person that's guarding their heart? You, you know guarded hearts still get broken. Can you type that in the chat room? Guarded hearts still get broken. You can guard all you. We can put as many fences up as you want to. You still have the possibility of getting broken. But there is a physician that is willing to mend that brokenness today. I have no clue, Tierra, why, why I switched the sermon on, 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 on Thursday. I, I literally have no clue. In fact, I was a little frustrated with God. Can I be honest with y'all? I was like, God, you know I'm tired. I just want to rest. It's been a, this week was a busy week filled with meetings and other stuff going on in business side of church and some other stuff that's happening within the church. I'm just like, God, I just, I don't feel like rewriting the sermon. I was a little snippy with Ty. Ty came in my office. I was like, ah, baby, it's Thursday. I'm doing something. I was a little snippy. I'm like, why? It's because God not only wants to remove the brokenness out of your life, but I realized I wasn't just in my office. I was in the OR. God was mending brokenness. I don't know who it is today 
But I, I simply want to pray for us. Nothing spooky, nothing deep. I want to pray that today is the day that God would mend our hearts. Somebody even in here is dealing with a broken heart. We, we've, we've been real good at masking it. Like we, we've gotten, we're professionals at making you think that we're okay. And people ask us if we're okay. And we'd be like, yeah, I'm good. Nah, bro, you're not good. You need to be omitted in the OR today. Father, I pray for everybody. First, that's in this room. I thank you for these young people. That didn't come out today for production. Didn't come out today for lights. It was raining. Good morning to sleep in. Father, they, they came out today because today is really acts as a doctor's appointment. And really, we don't even need an appointment with you. We can just show up and you accept us and you heal us and you comfort us and you bring us peace. So Father, I pray for that peace for somebody that's on the other end of this cam camera, that peace that surpasses all understanding. Father, I pray that the people around us will be like, I don't know what it is about you. Something's different and we could respond. I had surgery today. My heart was broken, but it's no longer. Broken hearts are not conducive for forgiveness. But Father, we want to be people that are able to forgive. And so, Father, would you do that thing in our hearts that, that we don't even know that's there, that, that trauma from our childhood, Father, break it today. We don't want to pass that on to another generation. Whatever that is, that every time we're around her, it triggers something. Father, I pray that you would begin to do surgery on us, that we would stop looking at everybody else saying it's them, it's her, it's the job, it's this person. I don't know why I don't like this. It's because we have broken hearts. And Father, today, expose us. Show us us. And may we not be embarrassed of our brokenness. I'll end here, Father. May we delight in our brokenness because there is beauty in the brokenness when you're involved. And so, Father, I do pray for transformed lives today. I pray that this is not just that sermon, but I pray that this is that one that actually does the work on our hearts. It's in Christ's name I give glory. Amen.